listening to Game Time with Zach and John Muir. My name is Zach Wright, hosted by John Muir Wilson. Today we're going to talk about the second round of the WNBA playoffs, which featured the Chicago Sky versus the Minnesota Lynx and the Phoenix Mercury versus the Seattle Storm. And we'll talk about the results of those games as we get into it. But um, yes, continuing our little mini series of the single elimination games. But Jameer, why don't we get started here? We'll go with Chicago, Minnesota, since we went with Phoenix first last time. So what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, tragedy. <laughs> That's, those are my thoughts. Uh, <clears throat> um, we are in a PC culture, but the thing here that was PC today or yesterday was pace control. The Chicago Sky dominated the pace. They killed them on a fast break. Sylvia Files was never really able to assert herself in the game. And they just shot themselves in the foot too many times. Like, Ariel Powers had little spurts and moments here and there throughout the game where she would hit some shots. But uh, Nafisa Collier was a no-show for the most part. And again, you know, Sylvia Files not only – did she not get the touches that she needed to really assert herself? She also, uh, I, I think, was kind of drowned out by the pace as well as just the um, foul trouble. Um, getting four fouls early is just not going to help you in any in any case in any basketball game. It's not going to help any player, especially a star player who is a major factor. And many times there were a, there was a lack of effort. On the reap on the glass, like at first and early on, the sky were getting killed on the glass, but then it turned into uh, the sky dominating the glass in in the half court, and then getting out on the break in the full court and controlling the pace. And if you're not going to win the break, you got to at least win win the boards. You got to do something. Something's got to give. You got to finish possessions on defense. Uh, if you can't finish possessions on defense, you have no hope of stopping anybody. So there was a lot of things that went wrong, and ultimately the Chicago Sky prevailed in a uh, convincing fashion, I would say. Uh, they they got contributions from multiple players. It was a very well-balanced attack, and they took advantage of the mistakes, as they should have as veterans. So, you know, shout out to the Sky. Uh, what were your thoughts, Zach? Um, yeah, I agree with many of the points you made. I do want to note the final score is 89-76 Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I had Minnesota winning. You did too, didn't you? I most certainly did. So we both had Minnesota winning. I think a lot of people did. Most people did. But uh, Chicago, you know, came out and did their thing, proved us wrong. And you mentioned the rebounding battle uh, being dominated by Chicago late in the game, especially like you were mentioning, uh, there are points in the game where Azra Stevens is literally running in from the three-point line. This, this big-ass center is just waltzing into the paint, no one boxing out, stopping her from making these cuts, nothing, getting quick offensive boards. Like, that was just uh, just a major lack of effort. You could tell Minnesota was getting a bit disheartened towards the end due to, like, uh, some of the players not playing as well as they may, maybe thought they should have. Like Nafisa Collier, for example, definitely was uh, missing some box outs here and there, letting people slip through, get re- get rebounds that they should not have gotten in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, Candace Parker, again, didn't have a great offensive game, but her presence wasn't being known on defense yet again. Uh, facilitating just – she's just one of those players, just, just her presence on that Chicago team just makes them so much more dangerous. Like, she doesn't have to be, uh, you know, vintage Candace Parker to – to make the you know to make this team better, just I feel like that addition alone is worked out in the way they had hoped, because um you know the announcers were mentioning that they had quite a few first round exits in the last couple of years, so or single game elimination exits for the last couple of years, so having to get getting to the elimination uh or the best of five series is a big step for them, and that's going to be very interesting. We can talk about that a little later as well. I do want to note that Chicago is yet to make their three-pointers efficiently in these playoff games. So once they start, and they still score 89 points in this game, and they score 81 in the game before. So once they start hitting those shots, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like once their three-pointers are start, start to fall, <laughs> I feel bad for whoever they're playing. That's probably a game that they're almost going certainly going to win at that point. But yeah, that's what happened on that, really. It was just a lack of effort on Minnesota. They're, I don't know why they got away from Sylvia Fowles. After the first quarter, she had an amazing first quarter. And after that, they kind of just stopped giving her the ball. I know it was foul trouble, but nonetheless, you look at the you look at the stats. She had 32 minutes and only took nine shots. I feel like that's not acceptable. Like, yeah, she had foul trouble, but she played a majority of the game. She played close to the minute she was probably going to play, whether she was in foul trouble or not. And they only she only took nine shots. Like I know Ariel Powers, like you mentioned, had some good moments. Uh, Kayla McBride was efficient, seven for thirteen. Not bad about that. But we've seen a piece of Collier struggling. Maybe just shuffle some shots. Sylvia fouls that point. Um, yeah, it was just Minnesota just played bad, really bad. They had a great season, kind of uh, flustered in this game, unfortunately, which led to a loss. But I don't know. It's not much to say about them, really. It was just a lackluster effort on their part. And yeah, also, I like to add. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. You can't have 20 turnovers in any basketball game and expect to beat a good team, especially a season team and a team that thrives off of fast break points. Like they destroyed them on, on the fast break because of turnovers. And, and, and there were multiple plays, like there were numerous plays where it was just like an easy steal in a layup or people weren't getting back in transition and it was an easy full court pass to a layup. And it was, it was, you know, elementary essentially because yeah, you, you, you can't, you can't turn the ball over 20 times. That's 20 extra possessions that a team that essentially is supposed to be not better than you, a team that's you're supposed to be better than you're giving them 20 extra chances to kill you. So mm -hmm. they did. Uh, it, it was it was pretty simple, and, and I love I love how you pointed out uh, Candace Parker. You know her her stats weren't sexy, uh, but she was plus twelve when she was on the floor, and as you said, her impact is her impact is like is profound when she's on the floor. Defensively, the communication is better. the 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 movement and things of that nature is just better when she's on the floor and. Even when they were struggling, I kind of noticed it too on the length side with Sylvia Files foul trouble. Her impact couldn't be profound because she was out at times. And I mean, as you like you said, she played nearly the amount of minutes she she uh, would have anyway. But you could tell when she was out because 
that lackluster effort went from bad to worse when she stepped off the floor. And there were just plays that she would have made that they didn't make. Like there were multiple moments when they pointed out like a great play she made, like she switched on something or she played a, a screen well, or she covered somebody else or she had, a, she made a great rotation. So when she was off the floor, those little things were happening. Those little things are the difference between a bucket and not a bucket on a play by play basis. So and those things add up. So that's why she won defensive player of the year. But at the end of the day, her impact wasn't profound enough on the offensive end to make any of a difference. And their sloppiness on the offensive end ultimately, I think was the deciding factor with its, no, the 22 turnovers. I think that's the key stat. Yeah, definitely. 11 of those turnovers were off of steals and the other nine just mistakes. Like that's mm-hmm. bad. You can't play. You can't. You can't have twenty turnovers in playoff basketball in any in any in any at any level. Facts, especially against the number one fast break team in your league. That's a no go. That's the one. That's the one team you don't want to turn the ball over against. They did it way more than they normally do. So, nope. Chicago on to the next one, and then another team that went on to the next one. I take pride in being right on this one. <laughs> Phoenix ended up beating Seattle 85 to 80. Very close game. Could it was anyone's game in all honesty. But no, this one went to overtime. But you know, Phoenix did what they had to do to get the W. So uh Javier, why don't you get us started talking about that game? What were some your thoughts there? I wouldn't necessarily say I was wrong. I said I said if Deanna Tarazi was playing and Brianna Stewart wasn't, the Phoenix would win. And I, I think based on what we saw yesterday, if Brianna Stewart had played at all, mm-hmm. they would have, I think, the uh, the Storm would have definitely won that game. Yeah. Uh, especially considering the fact that Jewel Lloyd was god-awful. Like, <laughs> she My was god. horrid yesterday. Uh, that had to be her, her worst game ever. Just, yeah, and like, Shout out, shout out to the coaching because it, it was just it was about adjustment. I feel like defensively, they really mm-hmm. shut down. Like there was a lack of adjustment on the offensive end of the storm side, and a great adjustment defensively on the side of the Mercury. And really, like she couldn't hit. I mean, the fact that she couldn't hit a jumper hurt her to start with. But then when she would try to drive or do anything else. The Mercury did a fantastic job of covering her and making sure there were no lanes open. Uh, Brianna Turner made some key plays last night on the defensive end. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, and then I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from that game was, again, coaching. I think down the stretch, there was just a lot of, a lot of just poor moments on both ends of the floor. But I think that there, the Storm's reluctancy to change up their game plan and to try to go through somebody else. Like, I personally believe that late in the game, when it got down to it, they should have gone through Katie Lou Samuels. Like, they should have used Joel Lloyd more as a decoy and used Sue Bird or, and Katie Lou Samuelson as the shooters or the, the people ultimately taking the shot because Joel Lloyd was, was five for 24, which is horrible. So, 
uh, yeah, just just a lack of adjustment at the end and just not being able to hit a shot at the end, I think ultimately cost them. Uh, what, are you, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that Kaylee Samuelson should have gotten more looks down the stretch of that game. Um, Jewel Lloyd was at that point, she was just, she was, she, she was still confident in her shot, but you can tell she was very aware of how many shots she was missing. And I think that kind of affected the quality of the shots she started to take at a certain point. And Kaylee Samuelson had a very efficient game. She was, her and Super were tied for most threes for the team made that game before, but Kay Lou Samuelson made, she was four for six. She was hitting very, uh, her looks were always quality throughout the entire game. I personally think she can be a pretty good player in the league. You know, not, you know, not just like a, a role player or fourth option. I think she could actually, you know, get some real buckets for that Seattle team in the coming years. So I th- I wish they would have gave her more looks. I do think Seattle is a better team. I just, you know, but I just knew with Brianna Street wasn't playing. I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And without her, I didn't see them winning because, like I had mentioned, Jewel Lloyd would need to have another another good game. And that was, in fact, the biggest thing. If you look at the, the stats, how close the game was, you know, just Jewel Lloyd was, wasn't – she wasn't – even if she had an average game, they probably would have won. But she just had one of her – you know, one of the worst games, definitely her worst game of the year because she had a great season. But that's with, with that on Seattle. In terms of Phoenix – uh, Brianna, excuse me, Brittany Griner, you know, again, double teamed her life away, but she still came up with an amazing 23-16 stat line. Um, Skylar Diggins <laughs> had some of the goofiest fourth quarter uh, game-winning attempts I've seen in a while, but <laughs> she made up for it in overtime with her playmaking. But those those last – she ran the same play twice in regulation. I know, I know that was like the coach's choice, obviously, because she ran the same play twice, but like – the execution was just was just laughable. And then the block was kind of, you know, just the, the way that block just emphasized how goofy that play was. <laughs> I just got a good laugh out of that. But they won. She had a good game regardless of that, that uh, kerfuffle. <laughs> we'll call it that. But, yeah, Diana Tarasi, you know, she played injured on an injured ankle. And she had some slow moments and even aggravated her injury a little bit in the game. You can see she's limping and wincing at certain points, but Deanna Tarasi definitely had some big time shots. Third and fourth quarter, she had a, a nice, she had a, a statement three early in the game, you know, let the, let the other team realize, like, yeah, she's hurt, but she's still, you got to pay attention to her. And just her presence, just adding another floor spacer. We weren't forced to see another Shea Petty two for 14 night, although she did go score, she went 0 for 4, so she's it's still in a slump, but we weren't forced to watch her chuck up eight threes just because she was the other starter. So, um, yeah, that was good. We didn't get a, another Sophie, Sophie Cunningham onslaught. That didn't happen. Um, the bench for Phoenix, once again, proved to be trash. But they, the team did what they needed to do to win. Now they're moving on, playing Connecticut in a series, which would be interesting. Once again, though, their bench has to be – has to give them something. They don't even got to be good. They just have to – they just have to be – show that they're actually on the court when they do play Like, they had four points from their bench all game, and their bench shot a total of one for 11, which is putrid. Like, their bench came in and just stunk it up, which is like, you know, it's been a running theme for two seasons now, but they really need to pick it up because now they're in the elimination games against the one seed. 
with the likely with the most the player who was most likely to get MVP is going to be on the opposing team. And that other team had four players on the old defensive teams between uh, first team and second team. That one team has four of the ten people. So if you can't score against uh, some of Seattle's, you know, players who were not on the defensive team, like, I, good luck scoring against the um, the Connecticut Suns army of defenders. I don't know what to call it at that point. They're just a great defensive team. And if you if oh, you the Mercury the Mercury the Mercury are going up against the uh, the Aces. They're going against the Aces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. See that re- that receding that I hate the, the WNBA's playoff uh, setup. Honestly, it's yeah. just like back of receding and stuff. But excuse me on that. But the mm-hmm. the statement does not change. The Aces are a good defensive team as well. Yeah, they play. The bench has to be better. I do apologize for that mistake. They, they are playing the Aces. The Aces have a good defensive team. Uh, you know that front line is insane with AJ Wilson and Liz Campage, who I think is back now actually after missing a few games. So that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, good luck to Brittany Griner to double team her <laughs> with uh, that that duo of court up front. Oh man, it's going to be hard getting those passes out against them. Yeah, well, with that being said, you anything to add on to the Phoenix Seattle game? Sandy Brondello, as a coach, is going to have to really work hard to fine tune the late game execution. And to figure out how to get Shea Petty better looks or just playing better, I don't know. Because the because the thing is, when Shea Petty, when Shea Petty and or Skylar Diggins is on the court, you see the difference in the perimeter on the defensive end. And Brittany Griner, as as good as great a defender as she is, and as big a presence as she is, the moment those two aren't on the floor or one of them is off the floor. The perimeter changes like uh, Jewel Lloyd got a little bit of a rhythm going uh, mm-hmm. when Skylar Diggins wasn't Gardner. And then Sue Bird was doing the same thing when she wasn't being guarded by one of the two or something like that. So it's just like, she's going to have to find a way to a have some consistency in the perimeter when they're not on the floor or when even one of them is not on the floor. And two, find ways to, I guess, hide Shea Petty on offense or to get her in better opportunities to score. I just – I don't know. I don't know what you can do because Shea Petty is really playing like Roberson. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I don't know how you can hide her any better, though. Like, she's not even taking contested or, like, tough yeah. you know, shots that a player of her, of her caliber shouldn't make. She's she just Simply. Yeah. And uh, Deanna Tarazi's injury concerns me because she looked like a shell of herself. She made she made timely plays, as you said, mm-hmm. and she still ultimately played smart basketball and had key moments. But she does not look good. Like she doesn't look 100 percent at all. Like she was limping a lot of the time and against the aces with all that talent. I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how much she can give you. No, definitely. She's relegated to a spot up shooter. You know, she's, yeah, she's relegated to a spot up shooter or just, you know, quick touch passes, like she'll get it and swing it. 
Like, you know, her intelligence on the court can't be understated, but in terms of getting the ball and then doing a quick one-two spin moves to the basket, she can't, she just physically cannot do that at the moment without busting her ankle up. So that's going to be very interesting. But since we're getting into the series a little bit, um, what's, how do you think it's going to play out between the Aces and the Mercury? As they like to say, two heads are better than one. And with Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage in the paint, I don't know. I really don't know, to be honest with you, how that's going to go. I mean, the Mercury took one in the regular season. The Aces and the Mercury had a really close one a couple a couple about a week ago, actually. They had a really close game where the Aces pulled that one out. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, their, their games were close. So I will say that the Mercury stand a chance. I think it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And now that it's a best of five, it's it shall be really interesting. I'm going to pick the aces in five. That's why. No, 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 not five, not five. I'm going to say I'm going to pick the aces in four. That's what I've got. I think, I think number one, they don't have to double team realistically. They have two, they have two people who can guard uh, Brittany Griner effectively. And also they're just low. They're just, their bench is much better, much better. <laughs> they had the sixth one of the year last year and they probably have the sixth one of the year again this year, except it's someone else. Right. Kelsey <laughs> Plum probably winning it this year. She went crazy. Right. So it's yeah, it's I think all around they're just a better team. And then again, like as I say, like two heads are better than one. They've got two paint monsters. And I mean, Brianna Turner is no scrub, no slouch, and she's gonna put up a fight, but again, she's not Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson. Yeah. So I just think that it will be it'll be tough, it'll be physical, and it'll be fun basketball to watch. Uh, The only chance I give them to ultimately win the series is if, again, like somebody like, I don't know, like a a Sophie Turner or a Sophie Cunningham uh, steps up and like is wilding out the whole series. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and lie and, and, and say that the Mercury win the series. Yeah, I agree. Like you're saying, the two heads better than one. If you want to compare their front courts, it's like. David Robinson and Tim Duncan versus like Hakeem Olajuwon and Otis Thorpe or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like literally, literally, literally. Otis Thorpe, Otis Thorpe was a good power forward, solid, but he's not up there with those other three bigs. He's just not. And that's Ronna Turner is good, but she's just not there with them. She can't, right. she can't think. Right. And even in the perimeter, like Derek Hamby, Kelsey Plum, that crew. Mm-hmm. Against like, Skylar Dig, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, um, just the one thing that the Aces. This is my one major gripe, and seeing many other people like we're, we're uh, live the games on game, we're live the games on the games on Twitter, and some dude was uh, talking to us about like how the Aces just shoot no three pointers whatsoever, and how that allows uh, allows other teams to compete. And I'd have to agree, honestly. Like I feel like the Aces losing eight games this year was like, I feel like they lost those games because of their stylistic choices. Because I think eight games was too much for the amount of talent they have. Like even with Angel McCaffrey being hurt, she's one of the best premier players in you know WWE history. Besides the point, blah blah blah. 
Like that team is still extremely loaded. And the fact that they lost, the fact that they weren't number one seed is honestly ridiculous. And I just, again, think it's just because their stylistic choices of not shooting threes. I think it does hold them back, especially if you have like uh, Liz Cambay. She was a hundred percent a post player. And then you have AJ Wilson and you're like literally forcing AJ Wilson to not ex- extend to the three point line when she's very, capable like the the form is there you see the videos on twitter of her practice shooting jumpers in the three she can obviously do it but for some reason bill lambier just refuses to let her extend her range and just let let's she refuses to let anybody extend their range but at least with asia wilson you know just because she literally was mvp last year and is the best player on that team if you allow her to shoot threes just give liz more room to to make moves in the paint and give her more uh you know just give her more options so even when people come double they can swing the ball out. She can swing the ball out better. Just It just opens things up. And Asia Wilson doesn't have to shoot like 14 threes a game. He's like, let, let her shoot like three or four. Something, you know, I feel like that's the one thing that's going to make them lose a game. Because I agree with you. I think it's going to be Asia and four. And I think it's going to be do, going to be that because the offense just is forcefully clunky at times due to uh, <laughs> some interesting coaching decisions. But yeah, I don't think Phoenix has enough as well. It's just, um, and again, this is one team where you need depth bad if you're, if you're going to compete, just because the sheer level of talent is insane. And Phoenix does not have depth <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I just think it's just going to come down to that. And again, Diana Taurasi is hurt. She'll probably get healthier as the season progresses, as the series progresses, maybe, maybe not. Most likely not, especially to keep, especially it's getting long winded. It might just, she might get too done up with her ankle. Yeah, I think Phoenix will pull out one just because that three headed monster, Skylar Diggins, Brittany Griner, and Diana Tarasi is viable, very good. But I can't, I, I can't logically give them more than one. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, again, Diana Tarazi's health not being 100%, like, she just played a game and she played a, a, a solid amount of minutes on what was it Sunday. So she's got to be ready to go Tuesday night. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care how much you ice up. You're not going to be a hundred percent. And yeah. then the thing is like, she, her mobility, you could tell, you could just tell like she wasn't a hundred, a hundred percent there. Like I would give them more of a shot, especially to like run, really run the perimeter if if uh she was healthy but mm-hmm. because that is not the case chelsea gray is like she's big as shit what is Skylar Diggs gonna do against her <laughs> like was gonna chelsea gray is locked in playing defense Skylar Diggs might have a hard time and then with tarasi being hurt she's not gonna be able to like you know take over the ball handling duties too seriously and you got shay petty in a super slump <laughs> excuse me a super slump and then Sophie Cunningham went from scoring 21 to nothing, so you can't rely on that. And it's just uh, – a Nurse is solid. She's a solid player. But uh, I don't imagine her taking over and really, you know, swinging a game by scoring 25 or something like that. They had a good run, but I just think it's over at this point. We'll see as it plays out. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. The games are going to be good. Brittany Grinder versus Liz Campage is prime time. Yeah, that's that on that. You got anything else to add before we move on to the next series? 
No, let's get into that next series. I'm interested. I'm I'm interested to hear what you think about that. It's the sky versus the sun. Oh, you want me to start this one off? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think this is going to be a fun one. Both teams are, you know, pretty pretty balanced. Uh, the sun definitely had overperformed a lot of expectations for people, uh, especially with the fact that Alyssa Thomas was out for a while and she is back now. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, how ready she is to go. She, I think she only played maybe like two or three games in the regular season before it before got, got to the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. But it is good to note that Alyssa Thomas was, in fact, their best player last year due to John Cole Jones not participating in the bubble. So they got their, they got her back now. So in theory, she could, she might be the second best player if she's healthy. Even if she's not, she is still an amazing defensive player. Capable of getting buckets, capable of making plays. Very solid all-around player. Her only weakness is she's not like a jump shooter, but you know she definitely bangs. She bangs out low, gets her buckets, and makes plays on the defensive end. And then, like I said, mentioned earlier, they got four defensive player, four players on the all defense team, and they got Dewana Bonner, who is known for getting buckets. And it's just with all that added up, I'm not sure I can see the Chicago Sky beating them. Especially with Chicago playing solid, playing well enough to win, but at the same time, there are some issues that are very apparent. Like you mentioned their inability to hit jumpers, to hit their three-point shots is like that's not gonna that's not gonna help you beat Connecticut. You gotta hit your shots and play against them. Candace Parker playing amazing. Like she has to play like her like numbers wise, she really has to be like there with the numbers, like with the counting stats have to be there. She's not getting points. If she's not, uh, she's getting out-rebounded badly. It's going to be a, bit, a hard time for Chicago. I think she has to, you know, get in her bag for them to have a shot. I will say Chicago has a chance of beating Connecticut in series. Just like, you know, assuming all the things go right. But I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Connecticut and four here as well. Just because they're just playing too good. They had the greatest streak in WNBA history this year. They're they're rolling. I don't imagine them stopping here. And uh, I do see a game five possible, but even then, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine Chicago moving past this point. Connecticut is too good to to lose. John Cole Jones about to get MVP. Yeah, with all that added up, and Kurt Miller's getting coach of the year, and Chicago's coaching's been been solid. I'd say the rotations have been there, definitely. Good, good. He knows, he knows his players. James Wade knows his players, but I think Connecticut is definitely getting the most out of everybody right now. They're super connected. You can, you can feel, like, when you're watching their games, you, you know, like, they're, they're onto something. So I think they're going to move past this point this year. How about you? I definitely do believe that the Chicago Sky can win this series because of the, def- the defense that they've been playing. Uh, they play really strong defense and their ability to capitalize on the break. As you said, in the half court, like their half court game, like again, it, it will be about pace control once again, in my opinion. And can John Quill Jones dominate in the paint? Uh, if they run the floor and they get out, it could be, it could be an interesting series. It can go to five, but if it's not, that kind of series and it's slow physical. I think that it'll ultimately be Connecticut and four, but I can, I can also very, I can 
like very well see it going to five games. But I think, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page here, essentially. I think that Connecticut is just too deep. And, you know, they've had, they've got the rest. They've been, they're, they're, they're much deeper. And I just, I, I haven't seen anything that has indicated to me that Chicago can beat the Connecticut team. And we said that about Minnesota, but I think it's a little different. I, th- I think it's just, I think it's just a little different. It is, it's, it's very different because Minnesota is like, like, yeah, we expect them to win, but you could see them not, you can see them, you can see them fumbling. Wait, Connecticut is a team you cannot, you can't imagine them fumbling this year. Like they, they're, they're, I, I feel like they are uh, fumble proof. Like they don't, they're not, they're, they're too uh, locked in. And then you have to remember too, Brianna Jones, Okay, I get has a, a, a nice year this year as well. You know, Jonko Jones obviously getting all the headline, headlines because she's just balling out her mind. And when we went to see her, we definitely was like, oh yeah, she is like that. <laughs> like she was doing whatever she wanted. So um, it's just there. But Brianna Jones is definitely a little more low key, but she's tough as well. And you know, just to mention more names like uh, Natalie he- Heedman on the bench too, Jasmine Thomas, Brianna January. Like they're just they're too deep. It's just not gonna. I just don't see them losing. Like you said, it's just, it's just different. But yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, round three. Looking forward to watching these games. Got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, just be ready to tune in tomorrow night, Tuesday. It's going to be the first night of games. Uh, I think starting at eight o'clock, eight and ten, right? Yep. So yeah, just just lock in, be ready to watch some good basketball, and we'll see you soon. We'll 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 be tapping in. You already know Twitter is gonna be popping. So no that's 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 pretty much all I have in terms in terms of that. Yeah, I'm good to go too. If you want to get us out, if you want to get us out of here, that'd be nice. Absolutely. So you know, that's it for today's podcast. This is Jamir, co-hosted by Zach. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in as usual. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at underscore GameTime, at GameTime underscore ZNJ, and Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ for our content and everything that we have going on uh, to listen to future episodes and even current and past episodes. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms for podcasts, including Anchor. And we can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.